And I'm Diana. And you're listening to Fiction Kitchen, where we're cooking with inspiration from our favorite books, movies, and TV. Today we are talking about Wide Acre and the Evil Wizard Smallbone. Well, wait, I, know, I don't know. Yay, yeah, it's like, that means it's the end of the year. Like, it's too it fast. Is. I know. I feel like I've been, like, starting every episode with, like, hey, it's this time of year, but, like, I cannot believe how quickly it's flying by. I'm, yeah. I'm like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, Christmas is here. Hanukkah's here. Yeah, the holiday season it. is fun, but also, wow. You're stressful. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like, how? How is it? That's yeah. Like, this uh, year, I've kind of, like, kind of pared down, like, all the things I'm going to do. Last year, I tried to do everything, and this year, I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm just chilling. You know, I, of course, like, there's the bare men stuff I gotta do. Like, yeah. I don't know. We decorated. We got our tree up and everything. Yay, um, we did, too. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna, like, yeah, be chilling and try to enjoy it. <laughs> That's my goal this year. Yeah, yeah I've been Not doing... with myself into a frenzy like I normally do. Yeah, I know. That's I feel the same way. It's like... Do I want to just enjoy, or do I want to be really stressed? It's like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it'd be fun to make a million cookies, or make you know, yeah. make a bunch of food, or like take a lot of photographs, and like I don't know all the stuff. But it's or you could like, buy cookies mm. and eat them by the Christmas yeah. tree. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like just chill. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah, and I haven't really been doing a lot of social media stuff either. It's like, yeah, I have all these like things to post or whatever, like on Instagram and stuff. But it's like. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I feel like I was really active around Halloween, and then after that, I was, like, burnt out, so I didn't yeah. do much. But it's like, we just I'm sit on the up. couch with our family. That's nice. Yes. Yes. That's nice. We definitely yeah. need time for that. Yeah. Well, let's do Tasty Time, where we talk about what's going on in fiction food. Tasty Time. Yeah. So, in, in the past, of course, we've mentioned the Phantom Foodies monthly themes, and last month, November, was Mexico Munchies, uh, and then this month, for December, is Fall... Wait, Cookout 76, which is Fallout-inspired. Yes. <laughs> so, and Fallout 76 is the newest game in the franchise, so that's where Cookout 76 came from, and that's uh, hosted by... Uh, Victoria Rosenthal over at Pixelated Provisions, who is the author of the new Fallout cookbook that we have mentioned a couple times on here. So we'll put a link to her website so you can find the the link up. Uh, So there'll be various recipes inspired by the Fallout series appearing on that link up throughout the month of December. That's right. And if you're looking for a geeky gamer present... For someone who likes food, that's not a bad idea. (laughs) Yeah. And also, another new cookbook uh, that just came out, I think it was November 27th, uh, is the Unofficial Mind Crafters Cookbook by Tara Theo Harris, who is also known as the Geeky Hostess. So that's pretty fun. So it's a ton of... Uh, Minecraft-inspired recipes. Uh, more than 40 is what the, the cover says. Game-themed dinners, desserts, snacks, and drinks to craft together. Uh, so it looks like a really cute cookbook. Uh, so kid and family-friendly. 
uh, recipes to do together. Yeah, um, it looks really great. great. Like, yeah. Yeah, I've seen stuff like um, kind of floating around some recipes from it. Like there was one I saw that looked gorgeous. It was like white chocolate squares with um, mm. like, like I think blackberry running through it. You know, it was like oh, supposed wow. to look like a glacier, you know, from the game. And it had like little blackberries standing up on it. It was really pretty. So, yeah, yeah it looks really like there's cool. some cool recipes in there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also cool that it's illustrated. Like it looks like some fun illustrations so that makes it even more uh, kind of like a a, a a very cool gift for kids too that they can yeah lo- totally look through the illustrations so yeah so another fun cookbook that's coming out this is the season i guess october november uh-huh. the great times you can buy them all as christmas presents <laughs> i know it's good christmas presents and it's cold outside so it's a good time to like you know hole up in your kitchen <laughs> Yes, the cozy kitchen. Yeah. So, yeah. Alrighty, well, let's get into our topics. Yeah, and you are going first today. I am. I know I've been doing like horror movie after horror movie. I'm doing a book today. Yeah. (laughs) And it's not a horror book, right? Uh, It's not. No, it's it's got some horrible things in it, but. Oh, no. (laughs) I would not, yeah, I would not characterize it. It is um, historical fiction. It's Mm -hmm. called Whiteacre, and it's by Philippa Gregory, and. you may know her. She wrote um, The Other Boleyn Girl, I think, is her most famous book. Mm-hmm. But she, she writes, like, a lot of historical fiction, especially around, like, royalty and kind of, like, fictionalized accounts of, mm-hmm. um, you know, different uh, royal families. Um, I've read several of her books, and they're always, like, really fun because... Um, and this one in particular, it's not like... Um, it's not a historical figure, but it's just kind of... It takes place... I think it starts in... Um, 1760, so the, the mid-1700s, mm-hmm. and it takes place on an estate called Whiteacre, which is the name of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this was actually her first book. It came out in 1987, and mm-hmm. it's the first of a trilogy, and I've read all the books in the trilogy, and this one is my favorite by far because I like the main character so much, and I'll talk much about her. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so this one, I was kind of telling you a little bit about it beforehand. It's kind of a guilty pleasure, because <laughs> it's super salacious, like, so much, like, <laughs> crazy stuff happens, but because there are enough, like, historical details, like, I don't feel like I'm reading complete garbage, so <laughs> I really like it. It's like, sex, 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 and here's how you run a estate in the mid-1700s in England, and, you know, so wow. it's, it's kind of like a fun juxtaposition. Yeah. Of like all that, all that stuff. Um, so yeah, and mm-hmm. yeah, so it, it you kind of get like a feel about how life was then, how like it's they they kind of go into like how the classes were. You know, they um, they live a White Acre estate. Um, the main character is Beatrice. She's um, the youngest daughter of the family. She has an older brother, Harry, and um, she lives there with her parents and. So they have Whiteacre Estate, which um, they have a big hall that they live in, but then they have lots of um, farms, and there are people that live in a little Whiteacre village. 
that, um, so, like, in the 1700s, basically, like, people would live on estates of, you know, the, the rich landowning people mm-hmm. and um, live there and work their land and they would rent their cottages from the family. And so, yeah, families would just like own entire towns, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the case here. And let's see. Yeah, so it's a trilogy. So each book follows... Um, this one's Beatrice, and the next one is her daughter, Julia, and then the one after oh, that is her her daughter. Like that's So cool. it's like her daughter, um, Sarah, slash Meriden. And so mm-hmm. it kind of follows this family down the line, which is pretty interesting because it's like, you know, all the women and kind of their experiences. But like I said, this one is my favorite by far because the main character is crazy. Mm-hmm. Beatrice. <laughs> She's nuts. Yes, mm-hmm. Beatrice. She's like, yeah. She's basically a witch. I love it. Um, mm-hmm. So <laughs> she goes on a full-on Walter White uh, anti-hero journey. <laughs> like, so fun. This predates Mad Men. This predates Breaking Bad. Like, she starts completely understandable. She's the original one who knocks, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. She is the one who knocks. It's great. So... <laughs> Yeah, and, and you don't even see it coming, because, like, from the beginning, she talks about being a little girl. She loves riding out on horses with her father. She loves the um, she loves the land so much, but she loves it obsessively, so she decides very early on that she wants to live there. However, she's a woman in mid-1700s England, so, mm-hmm. like, that's just not in the cards. Like, her brother is set to inherit it, and she will just marry some lord and move off somewhere is the plan as you know as it goes so she decides pretty early on that like she's not going to have that and she's going to somehow find a way to not only stay there but like inherit the land mm-hmm. so she starts plotting um she has a friend slash lover who um is the gamekeeper's son um that she starts plotting with his name is ralph and he's like a pretty prominent character in this and so they they come up with this plot and i don't want to spoil too much but it kind of goes sideways and she just has to continue with like scheme after scheme after scheme and it just gets darker and more twisted and she builds her web of lies and um like by the end she's like a full-on sociopath and it's like so fascinating i love it because the whole time like it's written in first person so you're getting it from her perspective so it's very interesting because she remains like completely sympathetic like you can see the purity of her love for the land so even though she's doing all these evil things like you can still kind of like you know, not see her as a completely evil person, you know, although she does awful, awful things. (laughs) But it's kind of interesting, too, to see, like, a a woman in this world because, um, you know, women were, were like, objects, and, like, basically they were just married off. Like, she comes to, like, a realization pretty early on that, like, she's, like, her father might love her, but she's kind of, like, just passing through, you know? So he he enjoys his time with her, but he's ready to just kind of marry her off and whatever. So it's kind of interesting to see her, her take her life into her own hands and she's super ambitious and like you can kind of feel sympathy for her because um you know women didn't have a whole lot of choices so it's kind of cool that she was able to kind of forge her own way even yeah, if it was just survival, like survival yeah she, yeah exactly although it needs she, to be right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. although she's ruthless like she does not care who she, <laughs> she hurts <laughs> so. yeah yeah, so I can see the. So has it ever been a show or like a miniseries? Because it totally 
It would make a fantastic, (laughs) like, man, if it was, like, and like I said, it's so, it's so sexy, so I don't know if we could do, like, a BBC miniseries. Yeah, it'd have to be on, like, HBO or something. Exactly. (laughs) It would make a great, it would make a great miniseries, yeah, it would be very cool. Um, yeah, because there, there's very interesting characters, and like I said, she's got, like, plot after plot um, to to make this thing happen, and she just becomes more desperate and more paranoid. It's really, like, mm-hmm. you know, kind of an origin story of a supervillain, almost. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And then it goes throughout the gen- down the generations, huh? mm-hmm. one of the three, three generations. Yeah. So. Exactly. And, like, it is kind of interesting, like, just to touch on the other books, like, the second book is called The Favored Child, um, Mm -hmm. and it follows her daughter, Julia, who has, like, a completely different personality. Like, she's very sweet and very submissive, like, to the point where, like, she doesn't do what she needs to do to survive. Like, she never stands up Mm -hmm. for herself, and she gets completely, like, screwed over constantly. And then the third book follows... Sarah slash Meridan, who is kind of like a cool combination of the two of them. Like, I kind of see what she was trying to do. Like, she had somebody who had the the sweet nature of her mother, but the ruthless cunning of her grandmother, you know? So she is kind of like Mm -hmm. the best balance of the two. But like I said, I really prefer the, like, full-on, you know crazy sociopath yeah. that you get in the first book because I just yeah it, it's like it's a fun journey <laughs> I guess it's the villains or, or, or I mean that kind of I mean I guess she doesn't start out as a villain or, or she's not exactly a villain but like right. that there it's more interesting that kind of like anti-hero or yeah. like the, the person that struggles so much is that there's more like meet there, mm-hmm, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, like I almost always, yeah. like, in any story, find the villain more interesting than the heroes. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's kind of cool, because they, they seem like they have more complicated motivations. Yeah, but also kind of understand, I mean, like, if, if it's done well, like, it, it resonates in a way, like yeah, with things things that we have felt at, at times. Well, maybe may, like exaggerated, but you know, like mm-hmm. we're not. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but we're not women. We're not women in the like 1700s. Exactly. So, like, yeah, like I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah I I do think this is done well. I mean, the 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 fact that she's so obsessed with the land, the land does kind of become, like, a MacGuffin, you know, because, like, she could very easily, like, marry someone rich and move to another estate and, like, have a very happy life and not have to do all the awful things she does, but I like that it shows that she's so obsessed with this place and, like, she describes, um, the way she describes the land, like, so lovingly. And actually, like, this is a good time to get into food because, um, a lot of her descriptions are, like, um, of the land and of the farming and, like, here are fruit trees and she's, like, and here's, um, where they farm the wheat and she always talks about, like, it's the most beautiful place in all of England. She, here's where they farm the weed. What? The what? Wheat, no, wheat. just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> wheat. 
<laughs> and here, here's where they. <laughs> oh my god! This is like breaking. Yeah, this is, yeah, I know this. <laughs> she has got to protect. Oh her, my gosh! Her crap. And here's yeah. Here's where we make yeah. the meth. No, <laughs> different, different story. <laughs> but no, she she just talks so lovingly of the land, and even when she talks about um, you know, meeting Ralph, who's the gamekeeper's um son like she talks about him he's like a pagan god he's like of the land and he loves the land Mm. equally as much like he's the only one that like understands how like um this is like secret garden vibes but like to the end yes i didn't even think about that but (laughs) definitely yeah this is like the dark, the dark side of the secret garden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the secret field, yes. the secret estate. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, complete with like um, sickly boy who stays inside because like she she's in like sharp contrast to her brother who. She she thinks it's so unfair because he doesn't even care about where they live. Like, he's very, um, he's kind of sickly when they're growing up, and he stays inside, and he reads, and, um, you know, he's more of, like, a homebody or whatever, and she's always outside and, like, um, um, doing, like, more, I guess, boyish things, because she rides her horse all day, and she helps with the farming, and, like, um, she, she knows what to do to run the estate and everything, and so she thinks it's so unfair that he'll inherit it, and he doesn't even, like, care, so, Mm -hmm. or she loves it obsessively. So, yeah, she talks about, um, all the, all the places, like I said, on the land, there's, like, there's fruit trees here, there's wheat here, there's common areas, um, where the villagers have their gardens, which becomes a plot point later, because she ends up needing, like, a ton of money to break this entail that has, um, yeah, set the land to go to her brother, and so she's, like, trying to make more and more money, so she takes over the, um, the common areas to farm more wheat to sell Mm -hmm. to make more money, and so, like, the, the villagers are, like, furious about this, because they, and they start to starve, because they just don't have enough food, and it's, like, Mm. yeah, it's, like, it goes into rapid decline, and she just, has in her mind she's like I only need to do this for a couple years to make enough money and then we'll go back to the way things were and so she ends up like ruining the thing that she loves trying to keep it you know it's kind of like that um you know you love something so much that you end up destroying it um, yeah, it's like you lose sight of it's the obsession or whatever yeah yeah it's interesting. So, would you say that in this story, the the land is a character? You know how some stories can make the setting, yes, as as it's its own. Yes, character. like it's yeah. very key so. that the yeah. I mean, it is like the title of the book. You know, so it's obviously figures heavy, heavily, yeah, why but she <laughs> but she speaks about it so much and just. Um, it it seems magical. Like she she talks about like 
just like it, it, it it's full of magic. Like she talks about that pretty pretty often. Um, I wonder if that if that's like because of her station. I mean, being a female at that time period mm-hmm. and like not much, you know, prospect. You know, like that she's only can only be married off, etc. That yeah. kind of thing. Um, I wonder if that. Um, I don't know. Upset. Well, I guess it later grows into obsession, but like that. Like, the desire to be attached to the land is, like, because the land is, like, a constant, like, dependable. Definitely, you know, like a, yeah, because, like, she, she has... solid for her to hold on to. Yes, because she has so much anxiety mm-hmm. early on about, like, how she'll just be, like... She she looks at her mother, who has no control over anything. Like, she gets an allowance from her father, and that's all she has. And her mother's constantly seeking, like you know, just the smallest control she can have over anything. So I definitely think that she she feels that. And if she could just hold on to this land, she could have control of her life. Um, yeah. Yeah, I definitely think that's a big thing. Um, pretty early on, too, Ralph tells her, he's talking to her about, like, how she'll have to go away. And, um, he's like, you'll be married to whoever, and you might even go to London and be in the city where you will never have, like, the fresh air and this and that. He's like, or you'll go to another land, and he's, and he says specifically, he's like, the milk and cheese will taste different. And that was, like, pretty interesting to me, because, like, I just, um, like, I, I think we just take for granted that, like, milk tastes like milk, you know? <laughs> but, like, that's because, mm-hmm. like, everything we have is, like, processed and homogenized and everything. And I just, like, started thinking about how, like, um, you know, back in the day, like, I guess milk would taste different depending on where you are. Because, like, the cows probably have different diets and, like... Yeah, but yeah, things. yeah, and so like that was like pretty like interesting to think about. Um, she talks a lot. There's, it's like honey. Yeah, like, exactly, like honey. exactly. Like what? If, like bees, depending on the flowers. Yeah, exactly. And, whatever kind of flowers the bees hit them. Yeah, it tastes different. Um, there's, like, a little river running through called the Finney, and she talks about, like, fishing for trout and salmon. Um, and, like, one of her first encounters with, um, with Ralph, he catches a trout, and they, they cook it and eat it by the river, which is pretty cool. Um, she talks about comfits, which, um, are like little candies that her, her brother would like sit by the window when it was raining and eat while he was reading. And she, of course, wanted to like, Mm -hmm. she would wait for the second the rain stopped and like run out (laughs) and get all crazy and dirty and muddy. And I kind of love that because I, I love, I love, (laughs) um, ladies, not acting ladylike. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. She talks about breakfast, they eat bread and ham. Um, often, like, she'll be woken by her maid in the morning who brings chocolate to her room. And she's like, my morning ch- my morning uh-huh. chocolate. I'm like, oh, it's that like, sounds like, delightful. Yeah. I wish I had someone to bring me chocolate in bed in the morning. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, so she drinks hot chocolate every morning. Um, let's see. There's a point where she takes laudanum, and she she takes it um, for health reasons first of all, but then like she she manages to get some from the doctor or whatever, and she starts taking it because she's so anxious and paranoid mm. because of all the like lies mm-hmm. she's woven like I kind of like this too that she's not just like a cool sociopath you know like she she's very cool mm-hmm. when she lies to people but then like internally she's like raging you know and she's like just a complete mess and so she starts taking laudanum every night to help her sleep uh, um, mm-hmm. she talks about like so she does get married at one point, but her and her husband are kind of at odds um, because of things that happen, and he um, he becomes an alcoholic, and she like encourages this so she can control him, and every night she'll leave like mm-hmm. a perfectly chilled um, like bottle of whiskey. <laughs> So to tempt him and he says every day he's not going to drink, but it's right there. And so like she, yeah, she gets him drunk every night. It's ridiculous. Um, and then, um, yeah, I already talked about the farming. That was the last thing on my list. Yeah. So there's, yeah, lots, lots of fun period, uh, food in the, in the book, which is kind of cool. Um, so I think when I cook, I'm going to do something very simple and I'm going to go back to our good friend, Miss Beaton. Nice. Which I have talked about on this podcast before. So um, if you're not familiar, or I guess it's Mrs. Beaton's, Mrs. Beaton's book of household management. So it was published in 1861, which is a good 100 years after this um, book takes, or starts, but there's such classic recipes. I'm sure they were eating like similar stuff to this because by the time Miss Beaton compiled it, it was kind of like, here are the household recipes that every cook in England should know to be able to cook for their, you know, wealthy landowning families. So she has, um, mm-hmm. and if you look online and I'll post a link to this, but like the entirety of the book is like available on in PDF, so like, yeah, you can Pu- check it out, domain. and it's pretty, yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's very cool. Um, there's a ton of fish recipes, and so since she talks so much about fishing for trout and salmon, I'm gonna do probably trout. Um, but you could do either of the either of those and just cook it very simply. And she has like a recipe for caper sauce. I'm like that sounds nice. delightful. So I did um I did salmon with um with a beurre blanc for, um, for Breath of the Wild, because I think that was one of um, Level 1 Chef's recipes in the book, and that was delicious. So I was like, maybe I'll do a trout recipe for this, something similar. But that sounded delightful, and, you know, I love Miss Beaton. I've mentioned it several times. I think um, I talked about it. I actually cooked a recipe, a soup recipe from it for our um, Sherlock Holmes episode. Yeah, and I think I also talked about it when we did Mm -hmm. Downton Abbey. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So any of these, like, um, you know, Britishy things, like, I always love to go back to Miss Beaton because just 
the whole concept of it, I love. Yeah. <laughs> Just talking about She's how... She's the authority. She is. I know. I love I love a bitch who runs a tight household. Like, yeah. so, like, <laughs> Miss Beaton's my girl. So, <laughs> so, I was, like, excited to go back to that. <laughs> All right. And that is Whiteacre. Wicked Girls very and cool. very nice Britishy farmland. Yeah, like I'm, I'm really finding it hard that there isn't. It's got to be coming. Like that there isn't a a show or a movie. Yeah, but there's not. Like I mean, I yeah. I, Maybe I I'll write a screenplay. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like this seems rife for it does. You know, like the that kind of drama. And there are a lot of like period shows now mm-hmm. that have been you know on. Different networks like HBO or even Amazon Prime, you know, like yeah, yeah. I definitely think like yeah, some some kind of um, either yeah, like like I mean yeah, miniseries are super popular right now. Like so yeah, like yeah. Well, because the other Boleyn girl has has had like two adaptations mm-hmm. or something, and then like I I'm looking at like um works by Philippa Gregory and it says like adaptations for the the Tudor novels like the White Queen the White Princess yeah. the Spanish Princess yeah so yeah yeah they need to get get on this trilogy get on it yeah it's yeah because it's it's yeah. fun because yeah it's it's a cool period piece but it's super juicy so it would be good for HBO <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah there's incest oh, I heard cool. you guys are into that Game of Thrones so <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know yeah I was I was there's a lot of that up here I was like looking over as you were um, talking I was like um, I'm like scanning the plot summary and like all yeah. the things you're saying and like yep, there it is there it is and then like all these other tidbits mm-hmm. that you know w- would be yeah spoilers. it's got so incest it's, like, it's got illegitimate children <laughs> yeah I don't want to like spoil too much because yeah. it's like oh. it's, it's, yeah and everybody's messed up it's super fun but it is except the poor normal people are just like ah oh, come on guys like <laughs> it's like can you imagine it's like these are the the people getting, you know, the the the, the uh, upper class are having all this drama, and then there's like the the people, the farmers. Who are just I know getting, they're like, like we just want to have our best in the background. Gardens. That's all we want. Ah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For goodness' sake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ah, all right. Cool. So I'm talking about surprise, surprise, a middle grade book. Really? <laughs> so you deviated yeah, I from deviated. your you, regular you were, like, horror film, the course. and I'm so, not be yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so this is called the Evil Wizard Smallbone by Delia Sherman or Delia Sherman. Um, I'm not it sure sounds so whimsical. D- I love the title. D E L I A. Yeah. Yes, and it's just perfect for this time of year. Um, part of the story is at Christmas time. Uh, and it's just like, I really want to reread it now because it's just so, it's like such a comforting, cozy read and it's so entertaining. Like it's so enjoyable. 
Um, yeah, and the title, The Evil Wizard Small Moon, is so, yeah, sounds so, like, whimsical and curious. Um, and the cover, this is what really drew me to the cover, or to the story, was the cover. Like, the colors are so pretty. Um, it's, like, tealy colors with, like, a maroon. Anyway, and it's a snowy landscape I'm with, Googling like, right pine now. trees and this, like, it. interesting house. Yeah. Uh, so middle grade, yeah, like I read this as an ebook, uh, but then I went and bought the physical copy because I was like, it's too pretty. Like, and I really love this book. So I was like, I have to have a physical copy. (laughs) Um, and it's a standalone, which I mean, which might be appealing to some people, but like, and, and I do like standalones, but also I really like this book, so like I wouldn't mind more, <laughs> more or like a companion or something. But um, it's it's just really great. Uh, so it is about a twelve-year-old boy named Nick who runs away from his uncle, his abusive uncle. Uh, so there's yeah, he's uh, a kid who. So that's kind of that's like a a strong theme in this is um, you know the fact that this this kid was was beaten. His his mom passed away. He got stuck living with his uncle and uh, cousin who were, you know, they basically they took out a lot of their personal anger and everything out on, on him. Uh, so he finally runs away and it's in the middle of a blizzard. This is at the very beginning of the book and he's like getting chased by wolves and he stumbles across this like through the woods, through pine trees and everything, stumbles to this odd-looking house that says it's a bookstore, Evil Ooh. Wizard Books. <laughs> Sounds intriguing. I know, right? So there, there's all these like really interesting things. Um, so yeah, there's a bookstore, and so the house very much is a character. You know, like it has has a personality. There's this bookstore um, with special books there's this evil wizard uh but he's a grumpy a grumpy old wizard like (laughs) this big beard and hat and everything um and it takes place in maine and there's this a lot of the uh action also takes but not like in so there's the house uh, action takes place there, a lot of story, uh, and then there's this small town, uh, in, in Maine, and a lot, like, it's very quaint, kind of like, uh, it hasn't progressed with the times, like, technology-wise, so it's very, yeah, it's just like a very quaint, it's like you just want to go there and relax, take a break from the world, like, that kind of place, um, and and it's very small, so not a, like everybody knows everybody. Um, and so the, and there's magic in this story because there's a wizard. <laughs> uh, and there's a lot of shape shifting. Uh, so <laughs> there's a shape shifting biker gang. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Like. And the tone of this book, uh, like the the dialogue and stuff, is like really nice. Um, 
I don't know, like there's a there's a certain voice and dialect to the to the characters. Like there's and there's a little bit of like it sounds kind of country, but it's like New England, mm-hmm. Maine. Uh, and then there's like f- some Frenchness okay. thrown in, and like because there's a, there's another bad wizard named like Fidelo. I don't I don't know how to say, it, but he like comes from France. But he's like really old, so like he came a long time ago from France. But he has like he kind of speaks that like. I don't really know how to describe it, but it's like it's just like it's a cool um like rhythm to the dialogue and stuff when okay. once you get into it. Um Yeah, and I just it's just really yeah, like a cozy read. So that's why one reason why I wanted to share it for like this time of year cuz it's perfect and there is so much food. Oh my Ooh. gosh, like a lot of breakfast foods. Uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, there's so my dad is from Maine, and I mentioned this book to him when I read it months ago, uh, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I remember that. Like New England uh, boiled dinner uh, and, and moxie soda." Like, Moxie Soda is kind of like this... Yeah, Moxie. Like, this kind of older soda pop, like, that's, um, like a main thing. New England, uh, New Hampshire. And my dad was like, (laughs) oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and it was also, um, this drink, just random fact, like in 2005, Moxie was declared the official soft drink of Maine. So, like, <laughs> which is just, this random, yeah, but it's in the book, cool. which is kind of just a neat. I don't even know what it is. Um, Moxie said it's original. Yeah, I'll put a, I'll put a link to about a, it's a, there's a Wikipedia page <laughs> for Moxie soda. I'll, I'll put a link to that just because it's just cool. an interesting thing. Um, you know, adds authenticity yeah. to the the story. Um, yeah, so there's like a lot of breakfast, a lot of sausage, eggs, bacon, a ton of bacon and eggs because uh, they're the. Aside from the this interesting house with a bookstore in it, there's also like a barn, and uh, the main character Nick, uh, who Smallbone calls Foxkin, because <laughs> <laughs> um, Nick doesn't tell him his real name. Uh, well, I mean until later, but um, he has to go and collect eggs from the barn, and um, yeah, it's so there are a lot of fresh eggs in the morning. Uh, there's, I should just, th- this is the book as I was putting food tabs in it. Like I used up all my purples <laughs> and pinks, like my, my little tabs. Like I used up all like of colors <laughs> for this cause there's so much food. Oh, and I did want to mention, which is kind of cool. This story is, um, kind of inspired by a Russian tale called The Wizard Outwitted, oh, okay. which is not easy to find around. Like, it's a very uncommon, like, little-known okay, Russian material. Uh, and, yeah, The Wizard Outwitted, and the the author, uh, Delia Sherman, I mean, the, the Smallbone author, um, said that when, um, uh, when she was a kid, she read 
the wizard outwitted in fairy tales from many lands. So a compilation edited by H. Herda. And that was from 1956. So she read that book as a kid and remembered the wizard outwitted like all these years. And then so years later, she wrote a short story called the wizard's apprentice. That was kind of based on that. Um, and it was in an anthology called Trolls Eye View. And you can actually, I'll put a link for it um, on Google. Where is it? Uh, Google Books. They have, you can actually read The Wizard's Apprentice. Um, so, which is, so this is like the very basic precursor for what becomes the evil wizard's okay. small bone. Uh, which which is inspired, and, and both of those are, the short story and this book are inspired by The Wizard Outfit. So I just thought it was kind of cool, because we like folk tales yes, and fairy tales and stuff, so. Um, yeah, so this very much, it has that feeling. It's so, so good. Um, like, so from the setting, this you know, Maine, Maine, isn't it interesting? Like in stories and TV, like Maine is off, is, is a common setting for like these, this kind of subtle fantasy or paranormal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's once upon a time was set in storybook Maine. I was about to say Stephen, Stephen King. Well, he's from, he's from Maine, but yeah. 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 Yeah, and like and and uh, Haven. There's a show, sci-fi channel show called Haven that was also in this. Like, yeah. So Maine is like this. It's like these quaint, almost like time forgotten, strange like towns. These little towns that yeah, like <laughs> so. Th- so this has that kind of feel. Um, but not in a creepy, okay, spooky yeah, just... way. Like there are other shows and books too, but like, I, I, yeah, I can't, I, I can't remember <laughs> them all. But anyway, so but this, but this, but this kind of has that that idea, you know, of the 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 tiny main town that is different, but it. It's a place you want to go, <laughs> not a place that yeah. you feel like you have to escape from. So, so there's, yeah, um, but yeah, and then and then just the fairy tale. So there's that that kind of magical feeling, and then but the but the like the the little tidbits of or threads of fairy tales that you can pick up on throughout this story. Like the author has just woven it in, so it feels very familiar even though this is a unique story uh so if you know if that makes sense where it's like you know the author is familiar with a lot of different fairy tales and folk tales and so she's like created Mm -hmm. that atmosphere which is just really it's just really nice that that adds to the coziness and comfort of it. Like I really want to read uh-huh. it again. I, it's like, yeah, maybe also because it's the time of year. It's December again now, which is when you know the the book begins. And um, but yeah, and the bookshop and the books. So it definitely has a personality, and so this. 
uh, main character, like, it's like little by little, you know, he, like, so he starts out, he's this kid who really needs a place to be and someone to trust and, you know, from this background that he's come from and that he's run away from. And so that is also very, um, I mean, I don't know, I don't think it's a spoiler because, I mean, it's a middle grade book, it's not a tragedy. <laughs> like, so, like, the main character finds a place, and that is, that just, it, it, this is just such a good feeling book. Like, um, and also just, you know, I mentioned shape-shifting, so we've got some Irish shape-shifting in there, too, like, um, Irish legends, um, I don't I don't know if it will be a spoiler for me say to say, it. but, like, you would probably pick up um, Selkies. Ooh. Selkies, so, like, seal, you know, the... Okay. Seal skins. If The Selkies are seals, but they can turn into people. And if you, like, take their skins, then... Okay. You know, they'll save people. Yeah, I remember... Um, so there, there's some of that mythology thrown in, or um, excuse me, fol- folklore thrown in. Um, and if you're interested in that, there's a beautiful movie called Song of the Sea, which is an Irish animated film. <laughs> That's off topic, but if you like Selkie mythology, there's that. <laughs> or The Secret of Rowan Inish, I guess, is also. <laughs> um... So food-wise, I'm just rambling because I'm r- realizing more and more how much I really just want to start rereading this. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll, I'll be right back. I just need to. <laughs> I know. I'm just like, oh, let me just keep talking about it. So um, I've made three recipes from this. Uh, one of them is... No, I didn't make moxie. <laughs> um, <laughs> moxie cola. Yeah, that would be cool. Uh, so the so I made New England boiled dinner, and and that you know that's great for this time of year. Uh, so I'll I'll read this. Um, okay, so sec- is that like section. seafood and stuff? Is that kind of like because I know low no, country boiled, but I don't know about New England uh, boiled. This is carrots, onions, cabbage, potatoes, and corned beef. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Yeah. Um, so small bones sat I in the rock. I love corned beef. Yummy. Yeah. So, the, so yeah. So this could be for St. Patrick's Day too, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Small bones. Small bones sat in the rocker and got out his pipe. Behind that door is a larder. Pull out some potatoes, some onions and carrots, and a head of cabbage, and I'll tell you how to make a New England boiled dinner. Nick wanted to tell Smallbone what he could do with his New England boiled dinner, but the spider the spider episode was fresh in his mind, and he was hungry. So, um, just aside, Nick at, at one point gets turned into a spider, so <laughs> and he gets turned into a rock at one point too. So there, there's that. Uh, <laughs> under Smallbone's direction, he peeled and chopped, filled a big pot with water, and put it on the stove to heat. Then he opened the refrigerator to get out the corned beef and saw a large glass jar full of round white things floating in a cloudy liquid. His stomach lurched. What's that, eyeballs? <laughs> Pickled eggs, Smallbone said. The eyeballs are in the freezer. 
I wouldn't eat what's in this striped bowl either unless you got a taste for beetles. And don't touch that package there. That's powdered frog. <laughs> Nick, yeah, Nick found he is an evil wizard. <laughs> Nick found the corned beef and put it in the pot. Then made sandwiches with the pickled eggs and mayo, while Smallbone smoked and commented on his progress. And they ate the New England boiled dinner. Smallbone grumbled at the overcooked cabbage and made lavish use of the mustard, but he didn't turn Nick into anything. So yeah, there's a lot of cooking. So Nick learns how to cook. Uh, so he like is the kind of a put to chores, uh, around the house and stuff. Um, yeah. So that, so that's two of the foods that I made. It was the new England boiled dinner and then also pickled eggs, uh, and, and sandwiches from pickled eggs. So that's, so I have those two recipes and then, uh, something else that was cool. Uh, it was sage hot chocolate or, or cocoa. Yeah. That sounds delightful. Uh, so, I'm intrigued. Yeah. Bony fingers grasped Nick's shoulders, sat him up like a doll, and shoved the steaming cup into his shaking hands. It smelled of hot chocolate with cinnamon and something slightly bitter he couldn't identify. Sage, Smallbone said, it's good for dispersing magic. You called up enough just now to turn a goat into a senator. (laughs) (laughs) So Nick does... I mean, if you know that this book is based on a short story called The Wizard's Apprentice, then you can kind of figure out that Nick, you know, eventually learn some magic so Mm -hmm. so apparently sage is good at dispersing uh huge amounts of magic like if you have overused you know your your powers yeah well people burn it for cleansing yeah exactly yeah so i did so i did make uh just a really simple hot chocolate with sage and a little bit of cinnamon. Uh, and it was nice. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the eggs, the pickled eggs also have some sage in it as well. Oh, nice. I love yeah. putting like herbs in sweet dishes, you know, cause it's just mm-hmm. like such an interesting contrast. Like you, or you know, ne- you normally never have like, I've done like yeah, rosemary, or like rosemary, rosemary yeah, and an apple pie or yeah. something, yeah, and thyme with yeah, thyme's good, lemon, yeah. It just gives it that like berries. unexpected yeah. quality. Yeah, that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So those were like the big foods that stood out to me. Um, but yeah, there's like. Clam chowder, uh, like in town, there's a restaurant with clam chowder, yeah, yeah. Uh, and again, like, just a lot of bacon and eggs, like, it's, you know, because it's like every morning they wake up and make, have this nice cozy breakfast, um, there's like spaghetti with homemade sauce, there's chicken, roast chicken, yeah. So, yeah, I just really love this book, and I can't wait, because, like, I read to Amelia every night, 
to my daughter, and so I, I'm really looking forward to... We're, we're in a series right now, so I'll have to put this on hold, but I'm oh, really okay. looking forward to re-reading this. So maybe that can be when I reread it, is when I read it out loud. Oh, that's a good idea. Daughter. Yeah, and you've got, <laughs> you've got lots be... of winter left, so... Yeah. Yeah, you can get to it. <laughs> so I definitely recommend this if you're looking for, like, a cozy read. Yeah, that yeah, sounds lovely. Any time in the winter. Yeah, and with lots of food. So, yeah, I, I realize that I really like those books where it's like a they're middle grade and there's a, an orphan boy and a grumpy old man. That does seem like a common theme, yeah. So, so like, there's books. the evil wizard Smallbone. So if if any of our listeners are interested in those kind of books, <laughs> there's uh, the evil wizard Smallbone. There is the... Uh, Magic Thief series by Sarah Praneus, which maybe I'll do uh, do that for an episode sometime because there's lots of food in that as well, bacon and biscuits, and <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's another with an orphan and a and a grumpy wizard uh, and <laughs> Jinx, the Jinx series, and that's got some great food in it too. Um, is yeah, an orphan in a in a magic forest who comes upon. Uh, becomes apprentice to a grumpy wizard who's not that old, but okay, still, yeah. So those, so those are a couple of recommendations if you uh, from, <laughs> like from the or- orphan grumpy wizard genre. <laughs> yeah, orphan slash grumpy wizard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that. Yeah, I'll, I'll put a um, links to those recipes and then also um, like where you can read the short story and. Uh, yeah. Wonderful. So. Yep. Okay, great. Well, I guess we're ready to wrap it up. Um, and like you said, we'll put links to recipes as well as anything we talked about on our website, fictionkitchenpodcast.com. Yeah, and you can find us on Twitter at FKPod and Instagram at Fiction Kitchen Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah, we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.